Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. Two things download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our stations' content. And hey, if you like what Joe and I do, we're all over social media, Rumble, Rumble. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you see our, our ugly jersey mugs, you know, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, try to help us out. Uh, today, we are very pleased and honored to be, be joined by Ambassador David Fried, uh, Friedman. That was uh, President Donald Trump's ambassador uh, to Israel. We're going to be discussing a new documentary film that's going to be coming out, I believe. Joe Resinello, when's it coming out? The 18th and the 19th of September of september route 60 the biblical highway now many of you out there know ambassador friedman having said that a quick bio uh ambassador friedman served as as i said the u.s ambassador to israel under donald trump uh a nobel prize nominee and national security medal recipient for his efforts in helping to secure the historic abraham accords he is a best-selling author of sledgehammer how breaking with the past brought peace to the Middle East. Ambassador David Friedman, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Joe. It's great to be with you. Excellent. Joe Resinello, I'm going to hand it over to you. Ambassador, it is our custom to begin with a prayer. We pray to my favorite Jewish woman, the Blessed Mother, Jesus's uh, <laughs> mom. So we'll begin there. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I want to talk about the title first, Ambassador. I love it. It says, Breaking with the Past. And I'll be truthful with you. We did a lot of research preparing for this interview. I like that because one of the themes of our show is getting out of the boat. We have to get out of the boat. Donald Trump did that. You did that. You did many things that weren't, quote, unquote, the norm. And I think we have to do that. Great men do that. You know, it's easy. People who are gifted to just go get along to go along and life is comfortable. But that's not what defines greatness. You guys got out of the boat. Talk about the title, because I think we have to encourage all Americans to break with the past. We have to get out of this rut that we are in. And frankly, great men We'll do that. You guys did that. Talk about the title. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about uh, our approach. Look, we were um, stationed in the Middle East, right? It's, it's been a, uh, an area of, of great, uh, great disappointment, uh, violence, uh, misery. And, um, 
you know, we inherited uh, a, a way of approaching the problem, which was, which was, by the way, not not Democratic or Republican. I mean, both sides, you know, in the State Department looked at it exactly the same way, which is, uh, you know, uh, Israel is uh, kind of a problem that has to be managed. You know, uh, we, we, we got to get we can get close to them. but We can't get too close to them. We got to balance this against all the other uh, players within the region. And um, uh, and 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 no, no one ever kind of woke up and said, well, well, wait a minute, you know, the other allies that we have in the region, they don't hate Israel anymore. I mean, the world has changed a lot in the last 50 years. Not only that, but, you know, you know, since Israel you know, was, was a weak country dependent upon America, that was also like 50, 60 years ago. Israel is the strongest military power in the Middle East. It is a nuclear power. It is a country that uh, is incredibly innovative. It has developed technology uh, that the whole world has enjoyed. It has shared with America uh, intelligence on American threats that has literally kept Americans safe at home. So we're looking at all this and saying, wh why are we you know, punishing Israel for some uh, perceived ills that are a half a century old, you know, that, that, that are no longer relevant and certainly don't serve America's interests? Um, you know, so, um, you know, you know in, in the 1970s, we were very concerned about uh, about Arab oil. Well, you know, under the Trump administration, we were energy independent. We didn't care about that anymore. It wasn't an issue for the United States anymore. So we just took a totally different look. And we had the benefit of knowing that every other administration that tried anything, you know, any initiative had failed. So, you know, we, we weren't going to commit the, the great sin of insanity, right, of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, so we... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ambassador. Please continue. No, that's what I'm saying. So, so look, we we um, we felt that um, by moving closer to Israel, we were accomplishing a few things. First of all, we were achieving the will of the American people because the American people, had, you know, the Congress had voted in 1995 by massive margins to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Right? No president had fulfilled that will of the American people. So, on the one hand, we could fill the will, the will of the American people. On the other hand, we could send a great signal to the rest of the region that the idea that America will somehow break with Israel, it's a fantasy. You know, get it out of your heads. It's not going to happen. And on top of that, President Trump went to the uh, the Middle East in, in May of 2017. He met with 50 Muslim countries. And he said to them, you know what, guys? Um, don't make terrorism my problem. You know, if it's coming from here, you stop it. You stop it before it crosses the Atlantic. You know, I'm counting on you. And if you do that, and if you get rid of this fantasy of destroying Israel, you know, we can actually do a lot of things together. And so he completely, you know, broke with the status quo, as did we. And after we moved the embassy and after we recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights and did all these other things for Israel, what happened? These other countries said, well, well we want to get closer to Israel, not further, because that's a relationship that we want to have as well with the United States. So we did exactly the opposite of what both Republicans and Democrats had done in the past. And the results, you know, speak for themselves. Let's talk. Uh, Ambassador David Friedman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We never assume anything, uh, Ambassador. Talk a little bit, in a nutshell, what the major accomplishments of the Abraham Accords. Obviously, this is a very important thing, uh, very important development in our relationship, uh, the, the relationship among those in the Middle East. Uh, talk about that a little bit, like some some broad strokes. What were the major accomplishments of that? Well, we normalized relations between Israel and five Muslim countries. And these were countries, uh, four of those five Muslim countries were also Arab countries. And they were, you know, at the core of the Arab-Israeli conflict that had been going on for more than 75 years. 
Um, it didn't require Israel to give up an inch of land or compromise any of its security. It was, um, you know, peace in exchange for peace. Countries recognizing that their collective interests were better served by being together than being apart. And, and that was really, it was really as simple as that. And if you go back, you know, to the end of the uh, uh, Obama administration, you know, th th there's a very famous speech given by John Kerry, who was the Secretary of State at that time. And he said, I know a lot of you guys are thinking that the sub somehow Israel is going to be able to make peace with a bunch of Arab countries without first resolving the Palestinian conflict. He said, it's impossible, he said. It's impossible. Don't even think about it. It can't be done. Right? And, and we did it. Right? We, we didn't resolve. We still haven't resolved the Palestinian conflict. I don't know that anybody will resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's, it's a hornet's nest. It's a, it's a massive Rubik's Cube, you know, with 10 cubes on each side. But it's not a reason for Israel, America, or the rest of the world to stop in their tracks and paralyze themselves and not move forward with the things that we can accomplish. And so we, we completely upended, you know, Kerry's um, viewpoint, which, by the way, as I said, was a Republican viewpoint as well as a Democratic viewpoint for 50 years. Well, I want to break it to you, Ambassador David Friedman. Joe and I don't pay much attention to John Kerry. Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, I'm shocked. So, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Ambassador David Friedman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. There's a new documentary film coming out uh, that uh, Ambassador teamed up with Mike Pompeo, Route 60, the biblical highway. Joe Racinello. Let's talk about the documentary itself. Uh, as Joe just said, you teamed up with uh, Mike Pompeo. Um, what interest did you do in doing this? I mean, let's be honest. You're a busy guy. You're a lawyer. Uh, I'm sure Mike has a lot of business uh, ventures now that he's not in government. I mean, probably took a lot of time. Why'd you do it? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm a recovering lawyer. I'm, nice, I'm nice. A, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, not a lawyer anymore. I, that, that, that ship sailed. But... Um, Look, when I came into office, um, the first instructions I got from the State Department was do not cross the Green Line into the West Bank, or what I refer to it, but what people refer to it by its theological name, Judea and Samaria. Don't go there. Okay. This land is, is disputed, you know, between uh, Israel and the Palestinians. Um, we think it's illegally occupied by Israel. We, we don't think you should go there. We think if you go there, you're going to somehow send a message that this land belongs to Israel. We don't want you to send that message, and it's dangerous, and don't go. And so, you know, within a few weeks, what well, was the first thing I did? I went there, right? Because, um, you know, when, when someone says, to you, you know, don't look over there, that's the first place you want to look. Now, why is this important? This territory is, is disputed. You have 500,000 uh, Israelis that live there. You got a couple of million Palestinians that live there. But separate and apart from that, it is the most um, holy land, maybe in the whole world. You know, when we think about Israel as the land of the Bible, which it is, this territory is really the land of the Bible. This is the land where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, where they where they trekked from north to south. This is where Jesus walked. You know, on every major festival as he left Nazareth or Bethlehem to go to the, the temple in Jerusalem. Um, this is where all the Bible stories took place. This is where all the heroes that we studied, you know, um, about the Bible, this is where they lived. And so, you know, I said, why in the world would an Israeli diplomat not be allowed to, to go to a place like this? And I understand it's dangerous, but, you know, that, that's the nice thing about being a diplomat. You get to go around in armored cars with, you know, security details. So I, I'm not worried about the danger. I want to go. And, um, and, and as I got more and more involved in learning more about this territory, 
became clear to me that this, you know, regardless of whatever disputes may exist between Israelis and Palestinians, this is the land of the Bible. And this must be preserved for, for Jews, for Christians, for any believer, for anybody who's not a believer but wants to understand biblical history. Um, this territory enables you to literally immerse yourself and walk in the footsteps of your greatest biblical heroes. And to me, the idea that somehow we were going to keep this off limits uh, was was just anathema. I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't tolerate it. So we made a lot of progress while I was in office. Mike Pompeo um, completely upended State Department uh, dogma or, or policy, which said that, um, you know, that uh, it was against international law for the Jewish people to live in their biblical homeland, he he reversed that. Um, but then, but then we we were out of office and we found ourselves, you know, private citizens. And what could we do to advance this further? And I said to myself, you know, I want everyone to see what I'm seeing. I want the world to understand this land, and to understand its direct connection with the Bible, with the Old Testament, with the New Testament, with all the the values and the messages and the learning and the and the heroics, um, and 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 sometimes the the uh, the failures uh, of our heroes uh, all throughout this land. Um, you can study it, um, and I I study it all the time, as I'm I'm sure you do. But walking it, living it, bringing it back to life is so powerful. I mean, it literally recharges your batteries and brings you back to faith, no matter what faith you are. And I wanted people to see it, and this was the way that we, we were able to do it. And I you know I called up my friends at uh, at TBN who I'd already done a project with, and I sold. The project to them, and we talked about the fact that you know to balance this out, we should have a a Jew and a Christian, you know, taking this trek. And I suggested Mike, who I, you know, who I love dearly, and who's a you know been a, a great friend and mentor. And we did this together. So we 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 walk from, or, or we travel from uh, Nazareth in the north all the way to Beersheba in the south, and we pass some of the holiest biblical sites that uh, that 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 you can imagine. And you know, I'm happy to go into it further as as you prefer. Absolutely. Uh, Ambassador David Friedman has joined us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. A quick question uh, just uh, that, that popped into my head, Ambassador. You said that going there was a violation of international law imposed by whom? Is that the U.N.? Um, that, that, yeah, it's the, it's the U.N. I mean, and those, you know, the United States uh, accepted that, accepted that as well. Um, you know, there's really no court that has ruled on this thing but it's it's a um it's a convention that people accept and um and and it's wrong i mean it's absolutely wrong i mean i you know i i studied this uh this is where my legal degree actually came in a little bit handy i studied you know these these legal issues for for a year before mike and i changed the policy and we were convinced that you know as between the various claimants to this territory it belongs to it belongs to israel I mean, you know, it, it belonged to Israel, and then uh, it was taken from Israel by a bunch of different warring nations. Ultimately, it was it was taken by the Ottoman Empire, right? And they gave it up. I mean, after World War One, they they relinquished any claim to it, and then it was taken by Jordan, you know, in uh, 1948, and, and and nobody recognized Jordan's right to it, and Jordan gave it up, and Jordan has since relinquished any claims to it, and so you know, it, it's 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 Israel's. I mean, but you know, there's. You know, you have to look at this in the context of the world in the 1960s and 70s and 80s when the the Arab countries had us all over a a literal barrel. You know, I mean, and 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 the the legal conclusions all followed the fear of somehow you know being cut off from a supply of oil. 
you know, as, as that as that began to, you know, uh, mitigate. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm afraid we're coming back to that point. But, you know, under Trump, we were completely energy independent, as I said. And we didn't it wasn't an issue. And it should never be an issue for the United States. We should do we should make our decisions as we see as in our best interest and, and, and not because we're afraid of somehow uh, somebody holding us hostage. But anyway, that 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 was how this all came about. If from a pure legal perspective, this land belongs to Israel. And, and, and one day, one day, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't, forgetting about the legal issue, if you, as a Christian, uh, want the opportunity to visit your holy sites, and, the, and there are so many of them in the land of Israel, you know, so many, you know, uh, from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre to the Garden of Gethsemane to, uh, to the Galilee to, um, you know, to, um, uh, to Nazareth and, and Bethlehem. I mean, there's so much there. You you want Israel to be in control because I can tell you where the Palestinians have had control over holy sites, um, they destroy them because in their mind they want to destroy any connection between Jews or Christians and this land. They they their their view is to deny history, and they think that gives them a better claim to this territory. So, for, for all those who would like one day to have the opportunity. I'm sure it's on many people's bucket list to, to go to Israel and to see their uh, see the sites of of their cherished Bible. Um, uh, Israeli control is really essential to having a safe journey. Ambassador David Friedman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. That's Trump's ambassador to Israel. We're talking about Route 60, new documentary film coming out, The Biblical Highway. Remember um, that uh, that uh, David Friedman, you also wrote, he's a best-selling author of Sledgehammer, How Breaking with the Past Brought Peace to the Middle East. Ambassador, where can our audience members buy that book uh, if they're interested? Oh, anywhere. It's it's everywhere. It's on Amazon and, and everywhere else. Um, and, and let me tell you where to where to how to get tickets for the movie too. As long as uh, sure, we're on please. the subject, um, Route sixty dot movie R O U T E, the number sixty dot movie. You can type in your zip code, and um, they'll you'll see what theaters are close to you. It's going to be in eleven hundred theaters across the country on the on the September eighteenth and September nineteenth. And uh, easy way to buy tickets, you can reserve seats and and go enjoy the uh, documentary. Thank you for that, Ambassador. Joe Racinello. Ambassador, I want to talk about your dad for a moment. He was a rabbi. How happy would he be <laughs> to know that you made this film? And I'll be honest with you. I, I live in Southern Bern County near some Jewish communities, Teaneck, Passaic. Recently, my wife and I were driving through Teaneck on a Saturday, very recently. How edifying it is to see three generations of people walking to worship. Walking three generations, we have to get back to that. I have such great respect for that. I have five children. I know you have four. No, I have five. Oh, beautiful. I love it. (laughs) But I'm saying is we have to get back to that. And the example of that speaks for itself. Talk about your dad, how proud he would be that you made this film. So my father... uh... Uh, was a practicing rabbi, a pulpit rabbi for over 50 years. He had a large uh, congregation, over a thousand members. He passed away probably around uh, 13 years before I became the U.S. ambassador to Israel. And I, I say it was the greatest disappointment of my life that my father didn't live to see me in this role because he was deeply, deeply committed to the state of Israel. You know, I had my bar mitzvah in 1971. 
that was, uh, I guess, 52 years ago at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, when, when people weren't going there that like they are today. Um, you know, and, and, I, and it's, uh, you know, he lives within me. Um, his values uh, live within me. Um, I, I still uh, uh, think of him uh, almost every day. Um, and I know how I know how proud he would be. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that he is proud. Uh, uh, he continues to be proud uh, wherever he is. So I, I believe he's, you know, he's in heaven uh, watching down on me. And I, and I, I believe that that's where he's uh, expressing his pride. But you said something, I think, very important also, uh, Joe, which is um, the importance of getting back to, uh, to, our, to our, our faith and our values. Um, we've lost it. As a, we've lost it in this country. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. We've grown completely untethered from, from the Judeo-Christian values that made our country a great country. And I'm not saying that Route 60 is going to get you all the way back because it's going to take more than watching a 90-minute film. But I'll tell you, um, you know, ask yourself, where did these where did these values come from? Where did our faith come from? Um, you know, Isaiah tells us, you know, the, the word of the Lord comes from Jerusalem. And um, the, the, the influence and the power that one gains from going back into that into that place and time to, you know, walking the path of Jesus, if you're a Christian, to walking the path of Joshua or King David, um, what, whatever, whatever, you know, faith you, you observe, um, it all started here. And in fact, you know, um, you know, the greatness of America was, if you look at our Declaration of Independence, what, what was so special about it? It said that America um, was created uh, with every human being have unalienable rights endowed by their creator. Right? That, was the, that was the breakthrough of America, that everybody's rights, their human rights, they come from God. They don't come from the government. They come from God. And therefore, they, they can't be taken away. Now, how did our founders you know, know what rights were, you know, were endowed by God? A lot of rights in the world, right? How do you know which ones were endowed by God? Well, they were all Bible scholars, right? All our founders you know, were, were biblical scholars. All the original great universities, the Harvards, Yales, I mean, they all have uh, Hebrew insignias on them. They, they all studied Bible as one of their primary, you know, in, in Hebrew, by the way, as one of their, their primary courses. And, uh, and, and that's what made America a great country, this connection to biblical values. And, you know, um, one of the purposes that Mike and I had in, in bringing this back is to bring that Bible back to life, give people the opportunity to live the Bible, not just to study the Bible, but to live it. Because when you live it, there's one thing that becomes indisputable. Um, this really happened. You know, this is truth. This is reality. This really took place. You know, the, the, the evidence is there, the archaeological evidence, the scientific evidence is there. These places really exist. You know, uh, Joshua, King David, King Solomon, um, uh, Jesus, they really were there, and they really were there in these places. And, and if that gives everybody kind of a jump start to reinvigorate their, their faith, um, I, I think that's, that's the most important takeaway from this film. Joe, I just want to mention something. You talked about the heroes of the Old Testament. As you were saying that, I was thinking of Samuel. Samuel said God must be the king, but the people wanted a king. And he tells them, I think of this constantly, mm -hmm. ambassador, constantly. He says, this is what he's going to do. He's going to take this from you. He's going to take this from you. He's going to take this from you. And at the end of his litany, 
they say, we still want a king. And he says, have your king. And right. everything he says takes place. It's ignored. God, please comment on that. Well, let me tell you something, Joe, because I'm glad you mentioned Samuel, because we spend around around 15 minutes of the movie at a place called Shiloh. Right now, there's there's probably um, 50 at least Shiloh's in the United States because it's such a city of biblical significance. Shiloh's the place where, you know, when Joshua brought the uh, Jewish nation across the Jordan River, um, this is the place where the Jews stopped wandering. And the, and the temple, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant rested there for 369 years. But who was born there? Samuel. Samuel was born there. And, and, and what happened there in the tabernacle? Um, his mother, Hannah, she taught the world how to pray. Right? What, what is she doing? She, she's barren. She doesn't have any children. She goes to the temple, and she starts to move her lips, and nothing, no real sounds are coming out, which is an odd thing, right? At, at that point, you know, you moved your lips. The assumption was you're going to speak with some level of volume. She's moving her lips. Nobody can hear what she's saying. The priest named Ailey looks at her and says, please don't come here drunk. You know, if you're, if you're going to come here, you can't come here drunk. And she said, I'm not drunk. And he said, well, what are you doing with your, what are you moving lips for? She said, I'm praying. I'm praying that my heart is speaking. My heart is speaking to God. And, um, and, 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 and God gave her a, a son. His name was Samuel. And he grew up in that temple. And Samuel was one of the, you know, the, 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 he was one of the three greatest figures in, uh, in Judaism. Moses, Aaron, and Samuel were the only ones who actually spoke, spoke with God directly. And so, um, you're right. And, 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 and of course, the, the king that you, you talk about the kingship is the Samuel appointed a king, uh, King Saul, and, and King Saul was a failure because he didn't follow God's will. So, you know, we have um, you know, we have a, a history in the Old Testament uh, of, of, of some triumphs, but many tragedies and many failures. And we try to learn from the failures as much as as much as the successes. And, and that's those are the lessons that God has given us that that we that we you know hold dear and again I mean you mentioned Samuel we Samuel is if you go to Shiloh and you see what's what's happening there and you understand what happened there and how this was the center of of Jewish life before Jerusalem and you realize that Samuel came from here it's kind of hard to kind of hard to go back and not be changed it, it it's it has profound influence on everybody. Uh, Ambassador David Freeman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello, we're way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. So there's a new documentary film coming out that was produced by Ambassador Freeman and Mike Pompeo, Route 60, The Biblical Highway. Ambassador, once again, the website where uh, folks could find out more about the film. Route60.movie, R-O-U-T-E, the number 60.movie. And, uh, and this is going to be released when? September September 18th and 19th across the entire country, 1,100 theaters. Awesome. And we uh, in the first segment here, we're going to take a quick break and come back. Uh, but in the first segment, we did mention the Abraham Accords. Uh, and Ambassador David Friedman is the best-selling author of Sledgehammer, How Breaking with the Past Brought Peace to the Middle East. You can buy that anywhere, really. You can get it on Amazon um, and other places. So we suggest you do that. Uh, so, Ambassador, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to continue this fantastic conversation at the front line with Joe and Joe. We'll be right back. Thank you. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio... 
The folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. We're having a great conversation with Donald Trump's ambassador to, the, to Israel, uh, Ambassador David Friedman. He, there's a new documentary coming out uh, that uh, Ambassador Friedman teamed up with Mike Pompeo to produce. It's a documentary film titled Route 60, The Biblical Highway. Uh Ambassador, I had a question because it, it popped into my head be, uh, towards the end of the last segment. Um, you're talking about getting back to values, and it seems like we, as you both me have mentioned, we're we're unmoored from our Judeo-Christian values. And a lot of people throw that around, Judeo-Christian values. I don't know if they understand. Let me let me see if I could put it like this. Joe and I say on the show all the time: Yes, we are Catholic men. We 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 try to act as Catholic men. We'd love for everybody to be in the Catholic Church, but we still have to live our lives. We still have to walk out of our homes. We have to go to work. We have to. We we're involved in obviously a pluralistic society. Okay, there are many people of many faiths. But here's one thing that Jews and Christians have in common. Okay, we recognize. Logos, okay, order, rationality. We've we've become sort of totally detached from this, particularly in America, which is we're, we're it's it really is insane. Joe and I say on the show all the time, we we are entering or have entered into a to an era of insanity where where human beings are completely detached from reality. Joe and I would describe that as being detached from logos. How important is it to get back to a, to 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 order? And, and rationality in America, because we seem to have lost it. We we have lost it, and and it's and it's incredibly important. And I think um, I, I'm not sure that faith is the only way to get back to that, but it's 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 a very good way. You know, I mean, I think that you know um, that the, with all the all the people that are running around now criticizing religion, I think that you know someone who is sincerely religious uh, is grounded in a way. That, um, that 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 gives them a real opportunity to lead, you know, a good and meaningful and appropriate life. And I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of one of the things, you know, on our film. You know, we so again, we we travel from north to south along all these incredible sites from Nazareth to uh, to Joshua's altar to Bethel to Jerusalem to Bethlehem, the grave of Rachel, the the tomb of the patriarchs in Hebron, lots of other places. But I'll give you an example. Look, we we went to um, a place called the City of David. It's in Jerusalem. It's literally where David, King David's castle was, and and we were able to, you know, be within that area from a high vantage point. And we all know the the story of David when he was 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 in his castle from a high vantage point, and he looked down below and he saw Bathsheba bathing, right? And he and it caused him to commit um, uh, an, an enormous sin. He had an illicit affair with with Bathsheba. What did he do next? And and this is this is this is a lesson that every leader can learn. He repented. He 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 was punished. Uh, she had a child. He he prayed for that child. They they lost that that first child. But he repented and he, and he took responsibility for what he did and he was accountable. And um and he um had a second child and the second child with her was was Solomon who who went on to build the uh, the first temple. And, you know, in King David, you have you have a figure, you know, very human. You know, th these are not supernatural, you know, people. They're people with, you know, very, you know, 
human foibles, just like we all have. But what King David taught us was was that you have to be accountable for what you do, and um, and 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 he and he really taught us how to repent and how to ask for God's grace and how to receive God's grace. Um, that's a, that's a lesson I wish every leader in this world understood better. You know, I mean, we don't expect perfection of our leaders. We do expect our leaders, however, to be accountable for what they do. And um, and I think that's a that's just one of many many biblical messages that we we have along this along this path. I just want to comment, and I'm going to hand it over to Joe Ambassador Friedman. One of the problems I think, especially when it comes to younger people, is they've imbibed this aggressive atheism that we've had to unfortunately tolerate for the last 25 years where there there is no there is nothing to be moored to there is no accountability there 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 you don't have to be accountable to god or anybody else it seems your values are your own very nietzschean the transvaluation of all values well in that case guess what then everything's permitted everything's permitted there's nothing shocking anymore and and that's why i'm glad you're on the show you've come on the front line with joe and joe i think your documentary is going to help in that regard to fight this culture war that we we really are in to bring us back to that look are we 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 have some fundamental disagreements on our our individual fakes okay and nobody's downplaying those but at the end of the day i'll make the same point that i made a few minutes ago we still have to live and work and play with one another and be friends with one another okay and it's much easier to do that and have a cohesive society when you're attached to these values that we seem to have lost so i think the fight um you know in spite of our differences the fight is i think against this 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 era of meaninglessness and purposelessness that that has been proposed by the aggressive atheist. Do you have a comment on that at all, uh, yeah, look, Ambassador? Look, I, I think the I, you know I I think about this a lot. I I studied religions you know when I was in college. I think they're all it's all to me fascinating stuff. Um, I, I think I think you know um, especially in the in the aftermath of. Uh, Pope John Paul II. I think, you know, the the differences between Jews and Catholics has has uh, narrowed, you know, dramatically. I mean, obviously we have we're, we have different theological views, but look, we, you know, I think we both accept the uh, the Ten Commandments. We both accept a lot of a lot of the uh, Old Testament rules. Look, look, look at it like this. I mean, I sort of I give people sort of a simple. People say you don't need the religion to be moral. I said, okay, well, look, if you're uh, if you're on an island. You know, and you're stranded there with with one other person, and you, and you're out of food, right? What does what does morality say about whether you can kill the person and, and eat them, right? It, it doesn't really say anything, but you can make a moral case that well, either you're both going to die, or if you kill the other guy, then only one of you is going to die, right? So, I mean, morality doesn't help you because you can rationalize anything, but the Bible says you can't kill him. Doesn't matter. You cannot kill him. Just can't be done, right? And I'm I'm giving an extreme example, but I'm just saying that that some you need the Bible, you need you need the values uh, and the morality of the Bible to put an exclamation point on it and put a fence around it and say no matter how smart we are, we all got you know 150, 200 IQs, we can all rationalize anything, you know? No, you can't. There's certain things you cannot rationalize. There's certain things you just have to do. You just have to keep certain laws because they come from God. And you can't fight with God. And, and and that's the difference between, you know, people who just want to, you know, talk and talk and write books and rationalize everything away. If you if you start rationalizing, there's no end. You can rationalize anything. I can say that, you know, my happiness is the most important thing. And in order to achieve happiness, I can do a bunch of things that, you know, your parents and my parents would, would, would have been shocked to even hear it in a discussion. Okay. 
But if you're just talking and you're just rationalizing, you do anything. Sure. You need you you, you need faith. You need faith to ground to ground your values. You, you really do. Absolutely. Ambassador David Friedman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Rasinello. I'm glad you brought up John Paul II. The first guest he had at the Vatican was his friend who was Jewish. When he played soccer as a young man, he played on the Jewish side and was the goalie. Maximilian Kolbe died in Auschwitz for a man. Edith Stein, when she went to Auschwitz, said to her sister Rosa, we die for our people. Friendship crosses all things. We can be friends. What happened with just we're friends? And if we don't agree on a certain thing, that's okay. I could still be your friend. Yeah. This is what we can't do as Americans anymore. We can't be friends. What's wrong with that? I have all types of friends. I'm married to an African-American woman. I have five biracial children. I have Jewish friends. I have Hispanic friends. I have Asian friends. I love them all. What's the problem? (laughs) Honestly, I'm interested in your comments there. What is the problem? We've become so stratified uh as a nation you know the world is so you know a everything is a zero-sum game if you win somebody else loses i mean it's it's terrible uh, again a, a, another reason to embrace faith i mean there 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 is no uh there's no color barrier in faith i mean nobody you know there's listen we israel rescued um uh you know ethiopian jews that were uh being persecuted you know there's 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 a few hundred thousand ethiopian jews you know in israel now they're all you know they're, they're all they're all african-american they're all africans but they're also jews um it, these these are distinctions that are horrible to make and look i think that uh john paul ii was a, was really a giant a giant among among leaders maybe, maybe the greatest leader of the uh of the 20th century and and and, and he had the experience that was essential to that, which is, you know, he grew up, he was, he was, uh, you know, 18 years old when the, when the Holocaust began and, and, and he saw the, the, the incredible ruination of Poland, you know, that, that Hitler brought, you know, to the Jews, to, to, to non-Jews, you know, it's, it's a fascinating story. You know, Poland, Poland has, on the one hand, Poland has a, uh, you know, that has a, they have, they have some things to, to, uh, to atone for. I mean, there are many, many Poles, who were brutally uh, repressive of the Jews. But then, if you look at the, uh, if you go to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum in Israel, where John Paul actually visited, you see that they, they honor the, the Gentiles, the righteous Gentiles who helped Jews during the Holocaust. And the, and the largest number of them were also Poles. You know, so it's, it's a, that, that, that and, and, and Poland never surrendered to Hitler, under like most of Europe. So, you know, John Paul had this, uh, you know, perfect background. But then what he did with it in terms of, you know, uh, you know, reconciling uh, the, the Catholic faith with the Jewish Jewish faith was so important, and I think I think it continues to this day. Ambassador David Friedman is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Ambassador, speaking personally, w- w- were you changed at all by making this documentary? I, I was, I was, um, in, in, I think in a, in, a, in a profound way. I mean, I as I went from place to place really focusing on nothing other than the biblical significance of these places. Uh, I began to, uh, I mean, I felt this way before, but it just confirmed in me how important it is for the Jewish people to retain control over these holy sites. I mean, 
this is who we are. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, imagine, imagine, um, you know, somebody comes to America and says, you know, give us back. The French come over and say, give us back the Statue of Liberty. Or somebody says, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to buy the Washington Monument. What, what, what will you give me for it? You know, I mean, these are things that we would never part with because they're, they're part of who we are. Valley Forge, uh, you know, the Liberty Bell. I mean, this is who we are as a country. And, and these symbols are more than symbols. I mean, they bring to life the, the, the thoughts and the, and the policies and the wisdom and the battles that created America. And, and, you know, it's the same thing along this road, this Road 60, which don't ask me why it's called Road 60, because it's really, it, it, it's a good brand, but it doesn't really do justice to what it is. That just, just happens to be the number of the road. But along this road, you know, uh, you know, on the road or within a kilometer or two of the road are, are really where all of the great biblical events took place. And they're still there and the sites are still there. And I just said to myself, you know, we have to we have to be able to make these places more accessible to more people like the, the, the altar of Joshua, which we went to. You, you know, you could have a, a first rate tour guide. You'll never find it. I mean, it's on the side of the road, on the side of a mountain, on Mount Abel. I mean, it's not something you're going to see. Uh, the the um, Bethel, where, you know, Jacob had his dream with the ladder, with the angels ascending and descending from heaven. You have a hard time finding it. And if you drive there, you know, you might probably get a flat tire because the roads are so bad. So, you know, these places are deeply, deeply important, for, I think, for anyone of faith. And, and I, you know, when I, I was so happy after I, made the film that I had made the film because it just reinforced to me the importance of bringing this to the world. I mean, the world, this is really the first time that, um, that, that the world will have a chance to really get, you know, get into depth in some of these places. And, and the other thing, you know, we, we were lucky because again, you know, because Mike is a former secretary of state and I'm a former ambassador and we have the resources to, to travel around. I mean, we, we could be safe. We knew we'd be safe. I mean, we're traveling around and, you know, bulletproof, uh, you know, cars. And, and so, you know, not everybody can go. Not everybody's willing to go. Sometimes you'll go there and the, uh, the Israeli government will say, you know, not now it's a little bit, uh, a little bit dicey on this road. I mean, there've been, there've been three or four really horrific terrorist attacks in the last three, four months, you know, Jewish families, uh, daughters of two daughters and a wife of a, of a wonderful rabbi were, were murdered, uh, three months ago, same thing happened again just a month ago. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's 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 sometimes safe, but it's also sometimes not. So for those who don't want to take that chance, just want to see it and kind of experience it and watch two guys who are deeply faithful and committed to this territory walk through it and, and just candidly express their feelings. It's, this is not a a highly scripted film at all. I mean, in fact, there is there is no script. This is Mike and I going from place to place, you know reacting based upon our individual knowledge of the Bible and what happened there and, and talking about what it means to us. Absolutely. Joe Rossinello. You mentioned, uh, Ambassador, in the other segment, you're a recovering lawyer. I bring this up because I'm a, reco I'm a, I'm a uh, recovering auditor, which is worse. 13 <laughs> years I've traveled everywhere, uh, both mm -hmm. internationally and throughout the U.S. I bring that up because when you travel, you meet people and people change you. Sometimes they could be great people. Sometimes they could be simple people. But traveling and meeting people change the way you view the world. Was there a person in making this film 
great or small, that made an impact on you? So the, the answer is yes. And um, uh, I'll tell you the one person was when, when Mike and I went to the, uh, the Western Wall, uh, we met with, with the rabbi of the wall, who I'd met before, but never had this conversation with him. And, um, and, and because Mike was there, and, and, and it wasn't just, you know, a Jewish guy who I'd been to the wall, you know, hundreds of times. Again, I had my bar mitzvah there in uh, 1971. He started to kind of give us a, a very kind of from 30,000 feet view of the Jewish temple. He says something I thought very interesting, because it, and it's, in, it's in the words of, of Solomon. Um, that the Jewish temple was intended to be a house of prayer for all the nations, right? It's not, it's not like, you know, the, the, the temple in Teaneck where you saw, you know, people walking on Saturday, which is terrific, but this is different. This was intended to be, the temple in Jerusalem was intended to be a place for everyone, for people of all faiths, for people even of no faith. This was a place where all the nations would gather. And, and Isaiah, the prophet, actually says that the way peace comes to the world is when all the nations of the world will come to Jerusalem. So I, I thought that was, um, given, given the audience that we were making this film for, which is a general audience, not a, not a Jewish audience, probably largely a Christian audience, I thought I had never heard that before. I thought that was you know, profoundly uh, important. The other thing I, I'll tell you, Joe, is, you know, um, look, I grew, up, um, I grew up going to Jewish day schools, and then I stayed in New York. I, you know, I, I, I went to uh, Columbia, which is not a Jewish Jewish school, but you know, it's it's we're we're in New York, which is the, you know, the second largest Jewish population in the world after Israel. So um, I hung around a lot of. When I got to become the U.S. ambassador to Israel, I became exposed to first of all the U.S. military. Got to meet a lot of soldiers, and um, most of them not Jewish. Many of them uh, people of faith. And I, I have to tell you, I, I have never to this day met a greater bunch of people than our American soldiers, uh, especially the ones, you know, who, who, who came to their uh, tasks with the sense that they were performing the will of God. And they all had a, a huge influence on me. I, I think that, um, you know, one of the problems of our country, and it's, and it's in contrast to Israel. In Israel, just about everybody goes to the army, you know, and then you, you apply for a job later in life, you know, the, you, you go to, for an interview, they ask, you know, Who'd you serve with? Who was your captain? What division were you in? I mean, the whole country uh, has a culture of service. We don't have that anymore, right? You know, we have on Memorial Day, what is it? You know, 5% of the population goes to a cemetery, you know, goes to church, observes, and then the other 95% are making barbecues, going to the beach, things like that. We have lost, that is the most valuable thing that we have lost, being disconnected from our, our soldiers and our sailors and our and our Marines and our airmen and women. I mean, that, those people are are so great as a, as a group. And the fact that we are, you know, more and more disconnected from them, uh, you know, we don't even, m many of us as a people, we, we barely respect them. What a shame. What a shame. Because, because they are living a culture of sacrifice and they have found a cause bigger than themselves. And unless we can all find a cause bigger than ourselves, we're not going to have any meaning in life. And if we don't have meaning in life, you know, what, what, what's the point? I think that's why I mentioned earlier, Ambassador David Friedman joining us here at the front line with Joe. And Joe, we're facing this, this you know, Joe and I like to think of ourselves as culture warriors, that we're, we're fighting against this, this meaninglessness, this purposelessness. I think what happens 
and I'm leading to a question. What happens is that you, you substitute religion, okay, for ideology. So your ideology becomes your religion, and then you don't question now. Where I'm going with this is one can have, and you strike us as a very realistic person, Ambassador, uh, one can have legitimate disagreements with Israel or a, 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 a fact of foreign policy, American foreign policy towards Israel. And as Isaiah said, we could sit down and reason together. All right, But you can't do that when you're, when you're ideologically driven. When, you, when you've replaced, let's say, seeking truth, which religion does, with your, your ideology, where you're knee-jerk against everybody, I'd like for you to comment on what I see and Joe sees, um, particularly on the left, this rabid anti-Israel sentiment is, that, that, that Israel could do no right. Again, I would say you could have legitimate criticism, but this seems to be a knee-jerk, Israel wrong, Israel wrong, Israel wrong, predominantly coming from the left. I love your thoughts on that. Well, you know, it's interesting because back in the uh, 1960s, when Israel was this little tiny country that was facing existential wars, you know, every few years, the left actually uh, liked Israel because the left reflexively, you know, uh, sides with the underdog. You know, they, they, they assume that the weaker are morally just and the strong, you know, did something immoral to get there. Right. They think the poor are, are just and the richer are evil. Um, now, you know, you know, Israel has had the temerity, the audacity, you know, not to commit suicide. I mean, they they've they've managed to, you know, uh, respond to the threats by 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 growing their army, by, you know, by building their intelligence, by creating, you know, the technical capacity to uh, protect themselves and the rest of the world by creating you know, missile defense systems now that are the, you know, the envy of the world. I mean, there's, there's uh, just came out a couple of days ago. They, they may have a, uh, a laser defense system. You know, the way you, def the, the way you get missiles now is you shoot them out of the sky, right? Which is incredible enough, right? The fact that you can shoot a missile out of the sky, which Israel does, but now they have a, a laser system where they actually can, can, can shoot them out of the sky with a laser, which doesn't cost any money. You don't have to create a missile and fire it, you can just, you know, turn on the light. So, you know, Israel's done all these things. And and what's their what's their reward? The reward is that now they're reviled by the left because they're strong. Now, you know, can, can you can you argue about how, you know, how Israel exercises that strength? Sure. I mean, but when you do that, put yourself in the position that, you know, Israel from the day it was born in 1948 has not known a day of peace in its entire existence. It's still in a state of war. In Lebanon, it's still in a state of war in Syria. It's still a state of war with Iraq. It has the uh, Iranian regime, you know, threatening uh, to destroy the Zionist entity every couple of days. They're 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 racing towards a nuclear weapon, thanks to our current administration. You know, um, so so put that all in context. Put it in the context the fact that they've got you know Hamas to their um, to their west, shooting rockets, you know, indiscriminately at population centers. They got Hezbollah in the north shooting rockets and threatening to annihilate Israel. So put that all in context and then, you know, and then have a rational discussion about what a country which has risks on every border, existential risks, how it should defend itself and how it should, you know, deal with its uh, with its uh, hostile population centers. OK, happy to have that conversation as long as you put that all in context. The left doesn't want to do that. The left says, well, you know, you guys, you know, when when you, when, when when you guys get a rocket fired at you, you know, you fire back uh, two rockets. You know, why do you do that? It's disproportionate. Well, 
okay, I understand. Are, are we playing a game so that we, so that, you know, someone will die and then we'll, and then, you know, we'll sacrifice one. And the other. I mean, we're not playing, you don't, you don't fight wars to tie, right? You fight wars to win. What's the point otherwise? And you want to end it as quickly as possible, not just for your own citizens benefit, but for the benefit of the people you're fighting against. Cause Israel does have overwhelming force anytime they want. I mean, anytime they want, they can wipe out their neighbors. They, they don't, I mean, and they, and they never, they never will. But, but they should try to end the war as quickly as possible because the longer the war goes on, the more it hurts Israel's enemies because Israel's the strongest country in the region. So, look, we can have all these debates and discussions. And inside of Israel, those discussions take place every day. Israel has its own left. You know, it has its own, you know, liberal society that, that has these discussions. So you don't have to worry about Israel, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know crowding out the views that, that, are, that are unpopular. But in America, it's reflexive. It's not thoughtful. It's not based on facts. It's based upon, you know, we don't like Israel because we think Israel is an apartheid state, an oppressive state, call them whatever names you want that aren't fair. And that's become the, the woke uh, mentality. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't get tenure on a college campus if you're a pro-Israel professor. You just can't. You know, you teach a course which somehow justifies Israel's existence, you're not getting tenure. I mean, that's how bad it is across the United States. Well, that's one of the things that Joe and I say on the show all the time. In other words, we, there needs to be real, ac authentic, real academic freedom, which we don't have in America. No. Like you just, you know, like you just alluded to. You know, if you're vote, if you're outspokenly pro-life, don't expect to get tenure. If you're outspokenly pro-Israel, don't expect to get tenure. There's a whole list of things or, or positions you could take that. You know, a, a university should have nothing to say about that other than what are you qualified to teach this, that or the other subject and not worry about what your views on individual issues are. So we need to get back to that a little bit more in America. That's a conversation, Ambassador David Friedman, for another day about how to try to, you know, to, uh, to you know, to reform the education system. I will say this. You worked for Donald Trump. If Donald Trump gets back in, one of the things I understand, the Department of Education will probably have a target on its back. I can't wait for that day. So maybe yeah, we can too. get back to some. Yeah, maybe we can get back to some real academic freedom in this country. We only have a minute left, Ambassador. Any final thoughts for our audience? Sure. Look, I, I uh, Mike and I made made a film that um, to, to show the audience, to show your audience, and to show others the the, the majesty and the holiness of the uh, of uh, Judea and Samaria. These are places that are that are uh, misunderstood. Uh, that are not uh, easy to get to, uh, that are the subject of all kinds of political debates. But the holiness remains, and the sanctity remains, and the inspiration remains. And this is a place to uh, to walk the pathway of uh, of all the great biblical heroes. And I really just hope it 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 brings you know inspiration. It brings joy. It brings uh, you know a, a kind of re-energizing re of faith uh, to people because this 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 should appeal to anyone of the Jewish or Christian faith. Absolutely. Ambassador David Friedman, co-producer with Mike Pompeo on Route, the, the documentary film Route 60, The Biblical Highway, which is going to be coming out very soon. Uh, where's the website again, uh, Ambassador? Route 60, R-O-U-T-E 60 dot movie. Movie, you got it. And uh, please, if you're interested uh, in the Abraham Accords and this historic achievement, uh, Ambassador Friedman also wrote is the author of Sledgehammer: How Breaking with the Past Brought Peace to the Middle East. You could buy that anywhere. Ambassador David Friedman, thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. I will say this: you are welcome back here anytime, our friend. 
Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's, uh, it's so important. Thank you very much for that. And thank you all out there for joining us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Two things, download the app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And if you like what Joe and I do, you can follow us on Rumble, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're all over the place. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.